0: Ball in the middle of the field and picked him. We'll hand it out to Borsa, 25, 20. Borsa to the 50, to the 10, to the house. Touchdown, Kyle Borsa. His first touchdown in Ram colors. Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. Well, thanks for checking out Growing the Game with Ballsy into its fourth year. If you like what you hear, maybe give me a positive Google review and please share the podcast. The goal for me is to put a spotlight on our kids and coaches and builders and get them the exposure that they so truly deserve. We should be looking to highlight and promote Canadian talent in the game of football. And because of that, I'm working on a Top 50 Canwest YouTube TV show. Look for that later this summer. This podcast is coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Studio. Respect the effort. Join today at reginasports.ca. Check out their fine facility on Broadway Avenue in Regina. All our guests come to you on the Hammer Time Roofing hotline. Hammer Time Roofing is Saskatoon's only certain five-star roofing contractor that's backed by a true manufacturer's warranty. Give them a call at 306-262-ROOF. Thanks to my other sponsors, Mark Greshner Photography. Trust him to capture the big moments in your life. MarkGreshner.com. His sunset photo on my Facebook post promoting this install. Of the podcast is breathtaking. Phase first medical aesthetics. Beat Back Father Time in a naturally looking way. Second floor above Gabo's on Dudney Avenue. I'm headed there for a touch up this weekend. Paul Waldo getting the real estate game with a three time Grey Cup champ at 306 502 5355. Double at Ag Sales in Weyburn. For grain hauling, grain marketing, and crop insurance, give Corey a call, 306-842-2406. AGT Foods, AGT Food and Ingredients, one of the largest suppliers of value-added pulses, staple foods, and food ingredients in the world. A true Saskatchewan success story. And before we get to our Coach of the Week for the Gear Up with John Ryan Foundation, it's time for this. It's time for the gospel according
1: to Ballsy.
0: Well, the Major League Baseball All-Star game will be moved from Atlanta to Denver. It's moving to a higher altitude and even higher fan base. It doesn't matter to me. It'll put me to sleep no matter what city they pick. Now, MLB decided to pull that All-Star Game and Draft out of the state of Georgia after voters there made a decision that President Joe Biden didn't like. You see, Georgia passed a law to cut down on voter fraud by requiring voters to provide some sort of ID before being able to vote either in person or by mail. Oh my God. They want to uphold democracy? That's outrageous! There's nothing crazy about the law and probably should have been on the books already. You have to show ID when you open a bank account, fly in a plane, drive a car, but you don't have to when you vote. Anyone who opposes this law, in my opinion, is encouraging voter fraud and trying to rig the system. By the way, isn't baseball supposed to be fun Unifying, you know, America's pastime. Well, apparently not anymore. Biden went on ESPN recently and he told pro teams to boycott any state whose voters follow Georgia's lead. So let me get this straight. Sleepy Joe Biden wants to boycott one of his own states because a law is passed strengthening fair voting. But he won't boycott the Olympics in Beijing, even though the other day his administration declared that China is performing genocide on its people. What? I don't care what anyone says. It's never good when politics and sports mix. As I said before, Major League Baseball apparently only tolerates cheating from the Houston Astros. Fastball, fastball. Joining me now, our coach of the week for John Ryan and the gear up with John Ryan Foundation. Thanks to the local football legend for giving back to his community and in particular the Regina Minor Football League with gear up with John Ryan Foundation. Only Saskatchewan born kid to win a Super Bowl. Joining me on the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline is our friend Brandon Leatherdale. He's a coach at Merriam Graham High School in Saskatoon. How long you been the HC over there, Brandon?
1: i uh, coming up to, on three years now. Three years. How long have you been teaching for? Uh, 15, 16, something like that. They all kind of start to blend yeah. together after a while.
0: It's kind of been a weird year for you as a teacher and a coach, a year and a bit. Uh, what's that been like for you?
1: Well, as a teacher, obviously, things have changed uh, com- considerably. As a coach, I mean, I guess we're in a holding pattern. Um, the teaching part has been the easy uh, transition because, I mean, we're still in the classroom. As far as coaching is concerned, um, you know it comes down to kids coming to my door about every two or three days. What's going on? What's the word? What's happening? And I mean, all I can tell them is, "Hey, uh, we're in a holding pattern." When I know, you'll know.
0: Yeah, we'll get to more of that in a second. Uh, Why do you like the game of football? Why do you like coaching?
1: Well, football. I tell anyone who listens is the greatest sport in the world. There's there's a position for every kid, you know, regardless of. Um, size, shape, uh, speed, strength—you know, there's a place on the field for every kid. And it, you know, as, as far as building a culture in a school, um, you know, to be able to reach out to kids that maybe feel like, well, I'm too big to to play hockey, or I'm I'm too small to to wrestle, or whatever—you know, any kind of sport—it's uh, it's it's really truly for everyone. And you bring kids together that would have never had anything to do with one another uh, otherwise, and. Um, it just makes it a, an, a, an amazing thing to do for a, for a school. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in high school, uh, I couldn't have imagined not playing football. I had an opportunity in Cinnaboy, where I grew up, playing nine-man for Ed Burst and, and, uh, and, and just one team, so grade 9 through 12, and, and being out there with grade twelves who wouldn't have even looked at me in the hallway, and all of a sudden I'm a teammate. It's just an amazing experience, and I try and take things that I learned when I played in high school and apply that to, to kids uh, that I'm coaching today.
0: Yeah. Uh, you, you know, one thing in Saskatoon, they did a great job early on in this pandemic uh, here in Regina. We had a tough time getting the grade 12s, the necessary tape they needed. And it wasn't anybody's fault here. We just couldn't get that grade 12 season going. I know they're hoping maybe here in the uh, very, uh, successful spring league to do something but uh, with this variant who knows in the Regina area but in Saskatoon you had your high school football academy and I've talked to a few players and they were very appreciative of that uh, having a chance to play some organized football get some extra tape just talk about how successful that was Brian Giebert and the gang you were part of it it was super job up there
1: yeah I'll tell you what um I I had kids from schools that um on my team like so for those who didn't know we had uh, six teams, and we had a draft. So, on my own team, I think I had kids from twenty two or twenty three different schools mm-hmm. and to have those guys come together and and have that experience, I had kids coming up and wanted to like just thank me profusely for the time and effort that we put in and giving them the opportunity to play, and especially the grade twelves and I was able to go ahead and and um, help some kids out with some prospects and CJFL and CIS and and whatnot that, you know, I'm, I know their coaches in their schools were doing the same thing, but to be their, you know, essentially last coach before they're moving on to the next level, I was able to help some kids out. And, and that was just amazing. We were able to get three games in, um, which, I mean, is a fraction of what they normally would have got. But when you look at the circumstances, I think uh, Gibb said that we were the only 12-man high school football being played in Canada and there was coaches from all over the country that were logging on to our uh, webcast and watching players, and and we've really seen, um, you know, coaches and and teams reaching out to Saskatchewan players, Saskatoon and and North Sask players, that probably wouldn't have otherwise just because, you know, who are you going to scout? Well, here's some games to watch, and and kids are getting letters that they might not have gotten otherwise.
0: Mm -hmm. So has the game changed for the better or the worse since you've been uh, coaching?
1: Well, I think it's considerably safer, which I think, you know, when you look at safe contact and, and some rule changes and things like that, I think the game's considerably safer without really taking away the, you know, the, the, the gist of the game, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, it's still physical. It's still highly skilled. Um, but taking things out like the, the head contact and, and stuff like that. And and at my level, at the high school level, um, uh, kids have really, uh, you know, adapted really well. You see it maybe struggling a little bit at higher levels because, you know, they spent so many years, you know, uh, with a different set of rules. that It was tougher for players at higher levels to adapt. But the high school kids have really done a good job. And I think if you watch film from five years ago, um, the skill is still there. The talent is still there. The physicality is still there. But some of the things uh, that we tweaked in the rule book in, in Canada has made it a safer game, which makes it easier for us to sell the parents and, and sell the kids as well.
0: Excellent guy to ask us, too. A high school football coach, a guy that coaches U16, and we'll get to that in a second. How do you feel about football at the grassroots level in Canada, as it relates to what we're kind of hearing in the, uh, in the pros with the CFL struggling and who knows if it gets back on the field and maybe talking with the XFL. How do you feel about i what I feel is kind of an attack on Canadian football at the grassroots level, if they change it, or do you really care if they change the game?
1: Canadian football is unique. Canadian football is important And as much as kids love their Madden and they love watching the NFL and and NCAA and stuff like that, they can't wait to get to Griffith Stadium or to Taylor Field or, or sorry, Mosaic Stadium now um, to watch the Canadian game. And I think, you know, on a personal level, um, I played five years at the U of S. And one of the things that I really enjoyed for well, at least a decade, if not more, was being able to watch a CFL football game and seeing guys that I played with or against. And, you know, to, to make sure that I made a trip or two down to uh, Mosaic to watch the riders, because it didn't really matter who was playing. There was someone that I knew on the field. And, 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 and I think for kids to have that opportunity to, to have the development starting at the grassroots level, and I think, I think our, our elite development kind of starts at U16 and works its way through. Um, kids, you know, I can, I can point to kids from my school that have played in or been drafted at least in the CFL, like Ben Whiting from U of S. He'll be going to Montreal's camp this year, and he just graduated like five years ago, six years ago, and I can show him the picture on the wall. And, and to have that to aspire to, now obviously not everyone's going to get there, and a very small fraction's going to get there, but at least they know the path is there. I think if things change too much in terms of the ratio and the rules and whatnot, then we have to question, is our game worth keeping? And I'm telling you right now, this game needs to stay.
0: I agree. Great words. Now, you're a perfect guy to ask this. You've you've played university football. You've coached a long time. You've coached guys like Whiting, CFL guys, CFL prospects. This is another thing I always hear. Well, we don't have enough depth. Canadian, We just, we just, the Canadian talent's not there. But yet, I see there are more Canadians playing NCAA football than ever before. I've been told by CFL coaches that the talent level has never been better in Canada. When I came up playing junior football, Brandon, we didn't have U16. We didn't have U18. We didn't have football camps. Not football camps that were meaningful football camps. Yeah, you go get a t-shirt. You get to meet some athletes. They give you an autograph. Well, that's not a football camp. We didn't have any of that. So, which is it? Do we not have Canadian talent? Talent, or do we have Canadian talent?
1: I think the people who say that we don't have Canadian talent are really paying attention because here's the difference. And I, I'm not exactly sure how old you are, Baldy, but uh, 48. I'm 40, okay, well we're basically the same age. So when when we came out, first thing that we did is we go to training camp and get in shape. We were in okay shape, but we weren't in game shape, and that's what training camp is for. Today, players are developed to a point physically that they can match up. Like in terms of strength and and speed and and whatnot to their NCAA counterparts, and that's like guys like Joel Lipinski and mm-hmm. guys like that who just do an amazing job preparing the athletes. Dan physically. Farthing and Regi-
0: Dan, yeah, Farthing, Dan and Farthing and Regina, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. Dan Dan in Regina and and Joel here in Saskatoon, um, I would put them up against anybody in the country, and in fact, I would put them up with anybody in North America as far as developing um, the physical abilities of of, of football players. So you, you take that, and then you don't have to spend so much time being dog-tired and stuff. You're already in game shape, essentially, coming into training camp, and then the game slows down for you a little bit, and the teaching really kicks in, so then the skill development comes along with it. You you know, when your body's tired, the brain stops working. Right. So the fact that these guys are bigger, faster, stronger than when we played, like, there's no doubt about it. I think that has moved things along uh, considerably. And then, you're right you have like real camps you have the, and at the grassroots like true grassroots level like the like the little guys not playing tackle but they but they they're, they're learning the skills and and the movement patterns and the spatial awareness and all of those things and it just it it just moves the game along i think we have more talent now i think there's more players um and saskatchewan uh, is a perfect example we're small but we're mighty like per capita we might have if we sent three teams to u18 um and like a first second and third tier you know i don't know how the third tier would do but the first and second tier would be unbelievable like and yeah. and it's it's been proven time and time again saskatchewan punches way above its weight per capita and that's and that i think has a lot to do with rmf smf and programs like that we develop kids
0: yeah I I like and, and I know this um <laughs> firsthand. just across the border they spend a lot more money on football and they have a lot more they got deeper pockets and their, their appetite for sports is more so you can't compare us against the Americans you just can't and so we need to protect our own protect our kids let them have an opportunity to develop and have a chance to play professional football it's kind of like I've said in radio if we weren't forced to play Canadian music there wouldn't be Shania Celine Dion uh, the tragically hip because we wouldn't be forced to uh, you know to play them they wouldn't get noticed Brett Jones who I love and I think is a great offensive lineman. He's not in the NFL from little old Waver Saskatchewan. If the Calgary Stampeders didn't have to go scouring looking for him, and you know, and and drafting him and putting him on the roster because of the ratio, then he excels, outstanding lineman. Giants see him. It's all. That's what it's about. That's what we need. We need to continue to protect our game. And I will never, ever, ever apologize for that. Ever. I don't think anybody should. And I think I just I it it makes me shake my head that people are so quick to throw our game overboard it just it drives me nuts okay let's talk about this my little mini rant again um u16 football uh you might have a chance we're crossing our fingers that we could have south sask versus, uh, versus north sask tell us about it
1: well so the u16 program is kind of an extension of our our uh, rmf and smf so yeah. you know i'm a, i'm not totally familiar with rmf but i know it's it's pretty close to what we're doing here in Saskatoon in terms of having an academy and having um, both kids in grade 8 and 9 and 10 and 11 mm-hmm. um, coming together and competing at a high level. It's open to everyone. It's not a, for, for us, we, you know, we take all comers until it's full. so It's not a trial scenario, um, but what you end up with is you get some amazing football and some amazing development. You take kids who are maybe a C-level player and get them to a B and B to an A and A to an A+. plus. And, it's, and it's, it's competition, but it's learning, and, and it, it makes for better football players. So at the U16 level, uh, we kind of see it as, as the first step towards uh, creating elite football players in this province. So it's the first kind of opportunity where uh, kids can compete, try out, and then we put a roster together. And then, and then what we do is we play against uh, South Sask. And it used to be one game, and now we've extended it to two and, um, it's an amazing experience. So the, my first experience was, uh, my son made the team, uh, about four years ago mm-hmm. and I watched the whole process. I went to every practice and there's some guys I knew that had coached in the past and they talked about how good it was. And, and then when I had a horse in the race and I really saw it, I thought, man, as soon as uh, my guy's done with this, I want to get involved. So he got to go to um, uh, Wolfville, Nova Scotia, and play in the Eastern Canada Challenge, and what an amazing experience for those kids. So that would be last year's grade twelves who you know should have been in their rookie years and stuff like that. And I and I see kids that have signed with the Huskies and and the Hilltops and the, and the Rams and and U of A and and all over the place that were on that team and and to be able to compete at that high level and then translated to u18 and i mean if you look at the record of the provincial u18 team it has been unbelievable so you know nowadays we we used to have a north and a and one would go east and one would go west and play against other provinces like provincial teams Mm -hmm. and we 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 had a tough time winning the whole thing well the last time we had it we did have a provincial team we went to the western challenge and we did very very well which I think speaks to the level of talent. We can, we can compete with anyone on the football field. So that is kind of their first test. And then, you know, they've got the, they've got the U18, and then it just goes from there. And I, and I think, like I said, per capita, we put out more talented football players than anywhere else. And I think it starts with that U16 level.
0: And we're hoping that we can actually get a couple of games in here, hopefully July, right? Where You know, if everything falls into place.
1: Yeah, I think that the tryouts, um, we were thinking we're going to be about mid-June. So even if we don't get the go-ahead from SHA to have our academy, we're hoping that, you know, between vaccinations and, you know, or whatever restrictions, we can get approval and maybe maybe have a U16 challenge and have the tryouts because, you know, as... as, As much as I hate to see grade tens and elevens and twelves lose out on opportunities, I hate to see it for these kids too. And I think, you know, as a high school coach, I got to say this: um, if we are if if we're able to roll in the fall, and I think that's everyone's hope, um, everyone's got a lot of question marks because you would not have seen grade tens play, you won't have seen some grade elevens play, you definitely won't have seen any grade nines play. So we're supposed to have a schedule meeting next week here in Saskatoon, um, and. One of the questions they ask is well, so what? Uh, how's your team going to be? You know, in terms of how strong do you want your schedule? I think there's going to be a lot of crickets when that yeah, question yeah, gets asked because yeah. who knows? So it'll be an interesting year, and hopefully we get to go in the fall for sure.
0: Well, this has been a, a very pleasant chat. It's great to finally meet you. I've heard about you, and uh, thanks for all you do helping uh, build the generation of stars and and great uh, young men and women uh, coming up in the game of football. Thanks, man.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for your podcast. It's good for football in this province. We appreciate it. This has been Growing the Game with
0: Balsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Balsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Roughriders and U of Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.